And now it is time to get around the Word of God. I am I'm very excited for our three speakers tonight, and I get the honor to introduce our first speaker, which is Danica Broad. <clears throat> now, Danica is also um, amongst many teams in this house, um, also a part of our youth team. Um, Danica has got this incredible gift of creativity. Um, she just thinks in ways that I most certainly do not, um, and I'm very okay with that, but it's, it's beautiful. But one thing that I, I love about uh, Danica is that she is so passionate about truth, and she's got this boldness and this confidence uh, in who God's called her to be. And I know that she's got just such an awesome preaching gift, and I believe that she's really going to bless you guys tonight. So can I just encourage you to lean in? Um, to open up your heart, open up your ears um, for what God's going to say, because I know it's really going to bless you. Would you stand to your feet, church, and make Danica feel welcome as she comes? Wow. All right. Hello, church. Wow. It's an honor to be up here. And first of all, I'd just like to honor Pastor Teresa, who recently became the intern coordinator, and she is so eager to make it the best experience possible. And she's just a great example of how to use your spiritual gifts every day for God's purpose. So I have a car, as most of us here probably do. Put your hand up if you have a car. Put your hand up if you have a cool car. Okay. So it's great. Cars are great. I haven't had any big problems with it. It's been really cool um, until the other week. Um, so I was driving on the road and the power steering stopped and the car, like the engine just cut out and everything. It was really cool um, in heavy traffic. Um, so took it to the mechanic, got it fixed. He said, she'll be right. Drive it the next day. Same thing happens, but just 10 times worse. Um, so take it back again. It's all good. We all got it fixed. It's just $600 in plus, which would have been a nice bag or something. Um, so... Mum and I have got um, good taste. Uh, so my point is, the verse that I want to share with you guys today is a great one. It's Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16, which says, Do everything without grumbling or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like the stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word. Now I know it says not to complain, um, but I did, as a good Christian does. And just ask my mum. And so I just let it override my whole mood um, for a couple of days. And so here Paul is saying, do all things without grumbling, um, which in itself isn't the most impactful statement ever until you realise his circumstances, and he's in prison. He's in prison, and he's saying, don't complain. If there's anyone who has the right to complain, it's Paul. And here he is saying, don't do it. He could have said anything he wanted in this letter. He could have told, him, told everyone about his woes of being persecuted for sharing the word of God. But here he is saying, don't complain, rejoice. Because joy isn't a feeling, it's a choice. And, when ha and, happiness, is a and happiness is dependent on what's happening, but joy is a constant. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And that's how he could write such an uplifting letter. Paul isn't pulling his strength from his situation or himself, but from God. Three words I would use to describe Paul is humility, gratitude, and faith. 
These are the key things that kept his spirit lifted. Humility isn't about overestimating yourself or underestimating yourself. It's about occupying the place that God has given you and giving him all the glory. He uses gratitude to remind himself of how far God has taken him and how far he will take him again and again and again. And he uses his faith to anchor himself in God. And he knows that if God is for him, who can stand against him? In Psalm 50, verse 15, it says, Honor me by trusting me in me in your day of trouble. Cry aloud to me, and I will be there to rescue you. And then it goes on to say in, in 21, uh, 23, The life that pleases me is a life lived with ingratitude of grace. Those choosing to walk with me in what is right. This is the sacrifice I desire for you. And this is, and in, when you do this, more, than a sac- more of my salvation will unfold unto you. We need to live a life of gratitude, which is the opposite of complaint. The definition of joy is appreciation and gratitude. Faith, joy, and praise are all things that you do, not just say. I love Isaac's preach this morning when he talked about removing the spirit of, um, moving this, removing the spirit of uh, heaviness and putting on the garment of praise. When you do this, we... How we do this is by humbling ourselves at the feet of Jesus and giving him all of our burdens. We're not called to carry that weight. And the secret of joy is leaving our burdens at God's feet, walking away knowing it's better in his hands than it is in our own. And so how do we do this? How do we rejoice when our car shuts down in the middle of traffic? We do this by holding firmly on God's word. Like the verse says, we need to stand on what God says in His promises and not rely on how we feel or our situations because they're ever-changing. Paul's trials didn't stop. That's not what changed. What changed is his attitude about the trials. So if we want the joy of the Lord, then we need to know the Lord. Funny that. So from my personal experience, I haven't grown the most I ever have until I seeked Him personally through the Word. He speaks through the word, he answers, he gives guidance, he gives peace, and he gives joy. Through, all through his word and reading the Bible. When you have a negative thought that comes into your mind, examine it. If it, and make it. And if it's not obedient to Christ, then we don't have to listen to it. We can replace it with scripture. And that's why we've been memorizing verses, not out of a religious act or something, but because we want to know him more and we want to equip ourselves and fight back. But we can only do this when Scripture is deep in our hearts, so the Holy Spirit can prompt us when times of need. And so that's why we memorize those verses. Day, every, we have it every month, and it's so good to pull it up on your phone and have it as a memory verse on your wallpaper. The reason for not becoming, uh, not becoming, not becoming, here we go. The reason for not complaining and becoming blameless and pure is so when the world looks at you and search to pull you down, they'll find nothing. But instead, they'll find the light of God inside of you as we're called to be the light of the world. So we need to watch what comes into our minds and out of our mouths. It's like having two candles. It's like having two candles. Thank you so much, Dave. That's beautiful. <laughs> so it's like having two candles. The one that's uncared for and untrimmed has this black smoke around it. But the one that's been taken care of and has been obedient and been clean and looked after lets the light shine through more than this one could ever do. (laughs) I came up with that. (laughs) 
So when we grumble, we're letting the black smoke stain our glass and making it harder for the light to be seen. So we need to watch our posture, whether someone's looking or not, and we need to shift our hearts to rejoice, even when it feels like the last thing we ever want to do. That's when the light is unstoppable. So let's close our eyes as I pray. So Lord, I just thank you for this time. And Lord, I pray, let these words wash over every single one of us. And when we come to the day of need, Lord, will you be there with us and remind us to rejoice because you are God and you are better than anything in this entire world could offer, Lord. And Lord, I pray you remind us to seek you more and more in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Wow, 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 wow. What a word. And truly, I think the first Emerge speaker to use props, I believe. I think that's like a momentous occasion. But Danica, one thing that I loved about your message was how you mentioned that Paul's circumstances didn't change, but his attitude towards them did. That uh, joy, can be a, joy can be a choice regardless of what we're facing. Can we just thank Danica one more time? Uh, anointed. And now I get the... Uh, the special honor and privilege to welcome up my wife as the second speaker. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited. When I, uh, when I got to preach last, she welcomed me up, so I'm glad I get to return the favor. Um, but I, uh, I love and adore my wife. One thing that I, I particularly love about Joel um, is I truly can say that I don't know anyone who has a bigger heart for people. Um, she just echoes the heart of Christ. I've seen her ball many a tears on behalf of those who are going through stuff. And my heart is stirred to go deeper towards the love of God, towards others. And if there's someone who knows what it is to have joy, it is my beautiful wife. So would you stand to your feet and make her welcome as she comes and brings the word. Aww. That was really nice. You guys can take a seat. Danica, that was awesome. I don't have props. That was genius. You are so creative. Um, well, hello, everybody. Such an honor to be here with family tonight. You made the right decision on being here. I believe that God's going to speak. And I just want to take a second to honor our incredible location pastors, Pastor Josh and his wife, Pastor Shekinah. If you guys don't know them, which I'm sure you all do, they are incredible, incredible leaders. They pour their hearts into this church. They pray for us. They love us. And um, I am so personally impacted by you and your love, Pastor Josh and Shekinah. So thank you. Can we give it up for Pastor Josh and Shekinah? Awesome. Well, I have been absolutely loving this series called Secret of Joy. I think it's such a beautiful image of um, like what living a life as a Christian should look like, um, having that active relationship with God. I really love the imagery of somebody who doesn't know God having a Christian in their life and thinking to themselves, there must be a secret behind that joy. And I love that, and I, I hope we all know that that secret is not meant to be kept within us. It's not meant to be kept in these four walls of this building, but we're meant to shine that joy. And um, yeah, love, love this series. Um, so, a few years ago, I had, I um, haven't had that many jobs, but this was a particularly hard job. I would call it the worst job so far that I've ever had. Um, it was for a year, and I was managing a restaurant, and in that time, endured some pretty harsh people. Um, my bosses were miserable, and I had a coworker who 
Don't know why, but just made it her goal to make my life the most miserable life every single day I walked in there. Um, it was not fun. And during that season, I really wanted to leave. I was so confused because I felt like God gave me that job and it was exactly what I was asking him for. And then every day got harder and um, he was just really assuring me that for some reason I was meant to be there. He didn't necessarily say why, but I knew it was going to be revealed. Um, and as the days went on, I actually got mistreated more every day. I'm talking about um, if I said something like we had dietary requirements in the restaurant, I'd have like certain utensils thrown at me in my general direction. I would get abusive text messages. I would get manipulated, over-rostered, underpaid every day, all that kind of stuff. And um, it was, yeah, it wasn't fun. I'd come home crying a lot. Um, poor Isaac and my parents would hear about every single day. Just it was not a fun time for them either, probably. Um, but I would constantly go to God, ask him what he wanted. And um, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7 says this. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Everyone say petition. petition. And everyone say thanksgiving. thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God. Um, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I'd go to God, and I would hope that he would speak with this booming voice for me to resign, or better yet, just make a scene and stomp out of there one day. I rehearsed it probably in my head too many times, but um, instead, I guess scripture is reminding me to pray. Um, not just pray, but to petition, and not just do that, but give thanks in this circumstance. And then to go take it one step further, I'd get scriptures to love the people who mistreated me, to pray for them, um, to turn the other cheek. And I was like, awesome. That's so good. So I would go to work, obey God, pray for these people, pray for this job. And as I did that, um, as I was kind to them every single morning and all I got back was negativity, there, this paradox happened in which I grew in joy and I grew in strength and I grew in a peace that surpassed my complete understanding. And I don't honestly understand how it happened. Yeah, it was so cool. Even like, I love what you said, Tyler, how you were just like filled with this, this peace. Like it just takes you, yeah, it's just beyond us. And so anyway, as time went on in that job, my heart and my mind were open wider to loving hurt people. When I was approached with any kind of negativity from strangers, I just found it easier to love those people, knowing it was something that I was called to do. And um, anyway, fast forward to the end of that year, Isaac and I are about to move back here to Australia, and that business was actually closing down. Um, and I was like, awesome, I'm kind of relieved to be at, done at the end of this season. And I thought God's lesson for me um, in that season was just to get through a hard time, learn how to love people a bit um, better, maybe learn how to pray a bit better. Um, but that's actually not the end of it. That's not all God had. And so three months later, we're here in Australia, and Isaac and I are about to get married. 
And I got a message from that coworker who who was out for me from the beginning. And um, I'm not gonna read the whole thing. It was really lengthy and a bit complicated, but let's just say in a million years, never did I think I would hear the words, I'm so sorry if I hurt you. I don't know why you were so kind to me. Or she said this really beautiful quote, um, and she was quite a hurting and not necessarily well-spoken person, but this was so beautiful. And she said, people don't often realize their impact, but you and your handling of all the bad things handed your way to do with our work place may have been the catalyst for me to search out something better. And and this is literally coming from someone who was like, I kid you not, ready to chop my hand off with a cleaver the second I would tell her something she didn't want to hear. But let me get one thing straight. That result, that amazing, amazing message and result was entirely God's doing. If I had taken this job and walked through it in my own strength, I can tell you that people who needed the love of Jesus would have been missed out on. I would not have had the opportunity to grow in strength, to grow in joy, to have a peace that surpassed my understanding, to guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. And I think it's so beautiful. I like, I would have left that job had I not allowed God in. I would have held my shoulders up and said, I deserve something better and walked out of there. But those people, those people that God had for that season in my life would have been missed out on entirely. And I can only thank God for giving me um, strength in that season, learning more about prayer, about petitioning, thanksgiving in a brand new light. And so I wanted to encourage us tonight, this scripture, and as we know, the whole entire book of Philippians, it's not a guide on how to live an easy and a steady life. It's a book written to encourage people that true joy is found within our relationship with Jesus even and especially in times of trial. We, like Danica said, Paul was writing this book about joy in jail. It's not about living a happy life. It's not about an easy life. Joy and happiness are very different things. And I just wanted to encourage you, maybe you're here for the first time or or just you've only been here for a little bit and you've always been looking for that one thing, that fulfillment in your life, that secret to joy, um, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Can I encourage you that it all starts with a relationship with Jesus? And, And yeah, and maybe you have had a relationship with Jesus for a while or for a long time even and you are not enjoying your current season you've been looking for a way out for a while now but you know deep down that you actually should be pushing in further that there's people that you know you need to be praying for that you need to be impacting with the love of God um, that you should be yeah just pushing in even further and that maybe leaving and quitting isn't the answer but influencing those people with God's love is whatever your situation may be. Maybe it's in between that somewhere. But I encourage you to come back to this scripture, Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, and remind yourself that in times where anxiety may be trying to rear its head, to pray, to petition, and to give thanks in all circumstances, and to then receive that peace that he promises, a peace that guards our hearts and our minds. As believers, we get to live out that secret to joy and include everyone in on it. Thank you, guys. Amazing. And the thing I love about uh, Joel's word is the fact that I can testify to the fact that it is very true. Um, I, uh, 
but truly, to it's um, it's different just to preach a word, but when someone actually sees that working out of their of their lives, um, and being able to walk that journey and see God, like bring that joy, it's uh, it's powerful. It's so well spoken, so anointed. Can we just thank Joel one more time? <laughs> Love you, babe. <laughs> and last but not least, we get to hear from a Mr. David Crowder. <laughs> Um, a couple of things I love about Dave is, first and foremost, he's got quite a fantastic sense of humor. Um, he's one who knows how to banter quite well. But beyond that, um, David Crowder knows how to pray, man. I, I, I remember being, uh, being fresh out of high school and being invited to what he called his upper room, which was just a whole bunch of men praying together. And just experiencing the power of God and watching as this man led us in this bold, front-footed prayer. And I learned how to pray front-footed prayer from this guy. And, and I believe that he has got a word from God. I believe it's going to bless you. So would you just honor Dave as he comes and shares the word tonight? Thank you. Thank you, Isaac. That does feel nice, hey? <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, um, awesome speakers. Hey, just like David, I'd like to, you can take a seat. I'd like to just really quickly honor someone here as well. And it's um, my director, Dan. <laughs> hey, Mr. Bowman. This guy is awesome. Man, when the scripture that says that um, if you've been given a little and you look after that, God's going to give you more, that's all over you. This guy, he lifts us up all the time. He checks in on us every Sunday to see how we're going, tells us how awesome we are. Mate, you are, and you've become a brother, so I love you, man. I love you, man. <laughs> this guy's awesome. Man, I love this, this honoring culture that we have here at C3 Powerhouse. It's actually something that Paul addresses in Philippians, which is what I want to focus on tonight. So let's just dive straight in. Philippians 2, 3 verse, uh, verse 3 and 4. And this will be my scripture for this evening. So it says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the other. Now, this is, this is one of those scriptures where Paul just really cuts to the chase. And um, he addresses two parts of our world, our, um, our inner thoughts and our outward actions towards others. So let's, let's unpack that a little bit this evening. In verse 3, he says this, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. So when Paul talks about selfish ambition... What he says is this, in your own mind, don't try to elevate yourself above others. That's what he's talking about there. And in my early life, I actually really struggled with this. Um, in my mind, everything was, it was always about me. It was, how can I get ahead? How can I make more money? How can I have a good life? And don't get me wrong, I, I justified those thoughts. It was an honorable thing when, when I used to justify it and say to my wife, Marina, hey, babe, it's, it's for the family. I'm doing this for us so we can have a better life. So that's kind of how I justified it in my mind. But when I realized what I was truly doing, I realized that it was really just selfish ambition. Bit of an ouch moment there, hey? <laughs> But it gets worse. Check this out. So in the second part of that verse, Paul also mentions vain conceit. Ah, vain conceit, this is what it means. Excessive pride and self-esteem that has no foundation in reality. Wow. What I didn't realize was that 
by making everything about myself, I actually tried to build up my self-worth with, with things that I gained or that I achieved. Like the car that I drove gave me value, the place that we lived in built up my self-esteem, all the things that we had. But um, the, what happened is that I actually cared more about what others thought about me than the truth that God spoke over me. And while it was embarrassing to kind of admit that and face my actions, God actually gave me a brand new revelation about this scripture. It's kind of what God does. He takes us through a season. So the truth that I realized was that it's not about me at all. It's about what God can actually do through me. So for, the, for me, this was really the hardest part and the most kind of like um, painful step to take, but it's also the most liberating step in my walk with Jesus, which really built the platform for what Paul talked about in verse three and four. He says this, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Now, when I truly understood that scripture and what God was trying to say to me there, I realized that doing things for myself not only led me down a, a dark path of false reality about my identity, it actually left me empty, unfulfilled, and just continuously trying to chase happiness in my life. So here's what I learned, is that when we actually lift others up, like, like I said, Dan does this beautifully week after week for us, it actually elevates us in God's eyes. And it actually fills us with true happiness that the world cannot give. It actually fills up more when we lift up others. And while Paul puts it really eloquently in that verse, in reality, living this out is actually really simple. It's, it's as simple as taking the time out in your day and sending your, your brother or your sister or your mate a text and just checking in on them, letting them know, hey, I know you're going through this hard stuff, but I'm praying for you, I'm standing with you. It's things like getting a meal, even just buying some food and dropping it off at someone's house if they're going through health challenges. If, they, if, if you know they're going through stuff, just it's a, about elevating our thinking above ourselves and just doing practical little, little things. So, um, where am I at? Practical things. <laughs> it's about switching our thinking from what I can do for myself to how can I play a part to make a difference in someone's world today. And, and here's really what this looked like for me just recently. Uh, it, old, it involved an old friend of mine from, from, let's just say, my past life. I'll talk about that more in a moment. But um, now this particular guy, he's, he's got a really shady, shady past, to say the least. Now, due to some wrong choices and bad decisions that he's made early on in life, he literally lost everything and had no hope for his future. Now, God's actually been speaking to me about helping this guy get back on track for years. And I've been inviting him to church over and over. Now, he's actually finally agreed to come along just a few months back. And get this, it was Powerhouse Conference. <laughs> what a start to an experience with God, hey? Uh, now, anyway, it, this is what happened. When, when we put others first, when we actually think about others and continuing to invite them, when it's not about us getting something out of conference, God will do that anyway, but getting others along, this is what happened to him. During our powerhouse conference, he gave his life to Jesus. Since then, he's been driving up from Caboolture every Sunday to complete the Alpha course. <laughs> 
and just yesterday took part in the Encounter Day. <laughs> oh. This is what he texted me recently. My soul feels better than it has in a long time. He's a close friend. <laughs> All right, my soul feels better than it has in a long time. And along with that, my whole feeling about the future. That's the true power of putting others before ourselves. And we stop making everything about ourselves. It's us actually taking this action actually puts me to the bone and unlocks the true transformation power of Jesus. So tonight I just want to ask you this. What has God truly called you to? If you're currently studying, what's your higher purpose of being at school or university? If you're into sports, well, let's not kid ourselves, it is all about winning, but <laughs> that God also called us to that place to be an influence in our team and to the competitor, just like Joel mentioned, to our boss as well. Or maybe you're like me when everything was just about getting ahead, making more, and being successful myself, where in fact God's plan was actually for me to be an influencer in the marketplace and showing and demonstrating God's love to others in the marketplace. What does your high calling look like? As you think about this, let's just close our eyes for a moment and just let the Holy Spirit speak to us. God, I just thank you that you love us, that you want us to be successful. You want us to have an awesome, purpose-driven life. But I just pray that you would elevate our thinking here this evening. Reveal to us our true purpose wherever we are. How can we make a difference tomorrow, Holy Spirit? Show us our true calling. Show us our true calling in all we do. And God, I just pray that we would actually take those that are around us along on that journey to experience Jesus. I just thank you for every member of C3 Powerhouse, Holy Spirit. Reveal new things. Give us revelation right now. In Jesus' name, amen.